Tonight is no stranger to any of you all. You see her all the time up here singing and stuff, but tonight she's going to do the prayer devotion. I believe it's probably her first time doing the prayer devotion, but I have all confidence in the world she's going to do great. She's a praying young lady, and she believes in the power of God, and she's coming tonight to share her heart, what God's laid on to her. Would you please welcome Misty Gilmore? Well, I'm excited. I'm blessed to be here. I'm nervous and excited and nervous and excited. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm so thankful to get the opportunity to speak. Um, I've been praying all day, all week, that God would use me. Um, just open my mouth, God, and just say what you want to say. I know what I have wrote down here, but I hope that he leads me. Um, most of all, even if it's just one person, I hope that somebody is blessed by my devotion, my story, a little bit of my testimony. Um, some of the thoughts of God and the scriptures that I'm going to be using is from a devotion book that I love. It's called Jesus Always. It's by Sarah Evans. Um, I love it because every day you read it out loud and it's, it's a thought that comes from God that's straight to you, and it seems like every day it's perfect. It's, it's right on time. Um, but I want to be uh, talking about um, having an open eye to God, uh, whether it's somebody speaking to you, whether it's a song that you hear on the radio, whether it's a scripture that just pops in your mind, um, or even something as beautiful as nature, I think God speaks to us in every way because he is everywhere. He's in everything. And the more aware you are, the more he can get through to you. Um, my first um, slap in the face sign that God gave me was um, around 10 years ago, I was, I was going through my first adult real hard time in my life. It seemed like every, uh, every area, every, uh, everything was falling in on me. It was just more than I could, um, more than I could stand, more than I, I un didn't understand why all of this was happening all at the same time. But I'm one of those moms that when I get stressed or overwhelmed, I go outside and I just try to breathe. Um, I went outside in the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. I was having panic attacks. Went outside in my nightgown. It was the fall. The grass was wet with dew. And I just opened up and started talking. Before that, I was always this quiet, um, God, I know you know where I'm at. Just take care of this situation for me. I know that you're in control. That's how I was. This pushed me to open up to him completely and be very vocal. I don't think that it's a great idea to always be yelling and screaming at God, but that's where I was. I was to the point where I needed him to hear me. I was outside in the middle of the night. Do you see anything that's going on? 
Do you see all of these things, all these different directions that are attacking me? And then I went into the flesh. God, haven't I served you? I've been saved since I was seven. I've been traveling, singing, ministry since I was 11. I've done all of these things for you. Why is all of this happening to me? I need an answer. Right when I started naming everything that I had done, he checked my spirit. None of that matters. It don't matter if you're in the highest place or if you clean the bathrooms in the church. He thinks of all of us the same, but he went ahead and he gave me a sign. He gave me an answer anyway. After I had poured myself out to him, the last thing I said is, I need to know that you are here with me, that you see what's going on. I just need to know that you know. Right when I said that, there was two huge shooting stars that went right over my head. I fell on my face. I will never forget the experience that I had with him in the middle of the night in wet grass. <laughs> Ever since then, I have looked for him. I don't constantly ask him for signs, but I do look for him and my eyes are open. And like I said, it doesn't matter if it's in nature or if it's somebody speaking to me, if it's a song on the radio at the right time, I'm aware if it's him. The first one says, I am richly pre ple present in the world around you and in the word, in your heart, through my spirit. Ask me to open the eyes of your heart so that you can see me, for I am lovingly present in all of your moments. I am the living word, so you will find me vibrantly present when you search for me in scripture. I created breathtakingly beautiful things in this world to point to you who I am and the one who made everything. Without me, nothing was made that has been made. When you encounter difficult and ugly things in this broken world, trust me even then. Keep looking for me in the midst of your good times and in your hard times. Find hope and comfort through knowing that all of your times are in my hands. First Chronicles 16 and 11. Look to the Lord and his strength and seek his face. It hasn't been uh, very long ago now that uh, me and Jeff seemed to have went through a time period where it just seemed like things were just piling up on top of us. And um, I wasn't going to share this, this one part, but I feel like sometimes when uh, you're in ministry or like when I'm up here singing, it just seems like people just see me happy and almost kind of perfect. Like you have a, you have an idea of some people that have different jobs up here that, um, or ministries and not jobs that they have, um, just this perfect life and every, everything just seems great. It's not like that. 
Everybody that's in ministry has a hard time. Sometimes I think even more because the devil is after you. So I am going to share this personal part. Um, I hope that it will bless somebody. Um, when me and Jeff started going through this moment of just overwhelming uh, things that just kept happening and piling up on top of each other, we had been separated. Um, we were just a couple weeks from a final court date. We were going to get a divorce. God did a miraculous work in that. And we are happy and we are whole now. Whenever we got back together and decided that we were going to make it work, um, his sister suddenly passed away. She was 39 years old. I'm going to be 39 next month. She was my age. Three months later, Jeff's dad passed away. 19 days after that, Jeff's grandpa on his mom's side, his mom's dad, passed away. We were in town getting our clothes uh, ready for his grandpa's funeral. We were on our way home. This was two days after he passed away. We got a call saying that we needed to rush to his other grandpa's house, his dad's dad. We got there and he had passed. It was so much death and grief that it just seemed like one happened so fast after the other that we didn't even have time to process it. We didn't have time to grieve for this one because it was just piling, piling up on each other. We got to the point where we just was um, thinking, what's going to happen next? Who, who is next? Just a few months after that, we knew that this was coming, but a few months after that, um, we knew that Hank would have to have a major back surgery. He was born with scoliosis, and as he grew, um, sometimes he would grow, and it would seem like he'd get a little bit straighter, and then sometimes he would have growth spurts that really messed him up pretty bad. Um, he was getting to the point where he needed surgery. God also worked a huge miracle in that situation because um, just, it was probably two weeks. It was our final appointment before the surgery. The doctor said, I don't know what's going on with this little guy. He said, but we are going to change a little bit in the surgery. Um, we're not going to have to put in as long of rods to straighten him up. So he will have mo more mobility. So that was awesome. But still the stress of him having that surgery, going through that, the recovery, all of that, it was just one more thing on top of everything. After his back surgery, just a couple months, from him being crooked for so long, he didn't put pressure on this leg. So then when he was straight, it was putting too much pressure on this leg and it wore out his knee. So then we had another surgery to go through. Right after his knee surgery, a doctor that I had been going to told me that I was going to have to have surgery. 
And I kept saying, you know, let's just put it off as long as we can. I need to be able to help him. I was lifting on him. I don't know if any of y'all have seen me. Sometimes I carry Hank on my back whenever he don't feel like walking. Whoever's closest is going to give him a piggyback ride. I said, I can't do this right now. He said, what we found is not cancer, but it needs to come out as soon as possible. He said, I, I want you in here as soon as we can do this. So that was another. Just one right after another, after another, after another. We didn't have time to really process everything. I know about every one of your troubles. I have collected all your tears and I preserve them in my bottle. So don't be afraid of tears or of hardships or anything to come. Your hard times are not random nor meaningless. I'm calling you to trust on me, but not only in me, but in my sovereignty. I know what I'm doing because my perspective is infinite, unlimited by time or space. My ways of working in the world are often beyond your comprehension. If it were possible for you to see things from my God perspective, you would understand my perfection, the perfection of my will, and you would rejoice in my glory. I collect all your tears in a bottle because you are exceedingly precious to me, and someday I will wipe every tear from your eye. There will be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain. Rejoice in this glorious promise because your heavenly future awaits you. This scripture is 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know only in part, but then I shall see. Then I shall know fully, even as I am known. After I had recovered from my surgery, Jeff called me one day and he was at work in West Virginia. And he said, he said, do you want to take a quick vacation? And I said, I don't know, maybe. Um, I said, what are we going to do about the kids? You know, this, all that stuff. I don't vacation without my kids. I don't drive on big long trips. And I thought he wanted me to drive to him. He said, no, we'll just get you a, a, a plane ticket. And I was like, um, I don't fly, never flown in my life. Uh, but I said, okay. I said, we'll do it. And while I was preparing where the kids were going to stay, who was going to take them to school, who was going to pick them up, while I was packing, while I was driving to the airport, even when I was getting on the plane, I kept thinking, wow. I can't believe I'm doing this. It was something in me that was pushing me or guiding me or giving me the courage to do it that was not me. But I did it. And when Jeff picked me up at the airport, he just kind of smiled at me and shook his head. And he said, I thought you were going to chicken out. I didn't think you were going to get on the plane. But I did. 
And so I stayed with him at the rig and I cooked for him and some of the guys that works with him for a couple days and that was fun. But we decided to go to Niagara Falls before we came home. So we drove up to New York and um, I'd always wanted to go to Niagara Falls. This is a picture uh, that I took while I was there. We took lots of pictures. Um, but I will never forget when we pulled into the parking lot, when I opened the door, before I even got my feet out of the car on the, on the pavement, you can hear the river roaring. It is so loud. If anybody's been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's so loud. But even as loud as it was, it was not scary. It wasn't creepy or anything like that. It was amazing to me. It was just like, it was a peace. As we walked and got closer, it got louder and louder. And when we were, the whole time we were there, I would get tears in my eyes and Jeff would just look at me and he said, are you okay? And I say, yeah, I'm okay. This is awesome. This is amazing. I was, the presence of God was so strong while we were there. He was, he was talking to me and speaking to me and everything I was looking at. This picture I took purposefully because the river was so crazy. And here is this little bird down here on a limb. And he's just sitting there without a care in the world, calm. As loud as that was, it was calming. And I just kept thinking, he knows that there is craziness all around him. But he also knows that he has the power to rise above the craziness. That spoke to me, and it still does. Every time I see that, that's how we're supposed to be. No matter what is happening, no matter what keeps piling up on top of you, no matter what your situation is, this is not just about me. Every one of us in here has these moments Sometimes not as bad as mine, sometimes way worse than mine. I want to learn to be calm and trust in the Lord no matter what comes. This is what that bird taught me. I love that picture. had been home from our trip probably three or four days and I was going through all the pictures that I had took and um, still just an amazement of the presence of God how he spoke to me while I was there and um, I came across another picture that Whenever I seen it, I just, I just stopped for, I don't know how long I stared at it, but as soon as I got the whole meaning of the picture, I ran inside to get Jeff. Um, he had just pulled back in the driveway and he was getting out of his vehicle. You can go ahead and switch the pictures if you want to. 
Um, I ran out to the parking, I ran out to the uh, driveway and he was getting out of his truck and he seen me and I was just bawling. And I just kept saying, he sees, he sees us. And I said, can you see it? And he just kind of looked at it and I pointed up in the middle in the clouds, there's an eye. I hope y'all can see it. I hope there's not a glare or anything like that. I grabbed his shoulders and I said, he sees. I said, we are so easy to forget that he sees everything. He sees everything you go through. Every happy time he sees. Every horrible sad time he sees. We just sat there cried, hugged each other, and I'm so blessed and so thankful that God let me have that as a gift. Because when I was taking all these pictures, I just thought I was taking a picture of the falls and a pretty sky and a pretty, pretty sun through the clouds and all that, but he let me capture that just for that, that second. The, the couple pictures before that one, you can see where it is forming, but it's not as perfect as that one. That one is the best picture. I have this picture printed. I look at it every day. I look for God every day. I hope, if you don't, I hope that you do. I hope that he can open your eyes to whatever, whatever he's putting in front of you. This is for everybody. This is for each one of us. He knows where you're at. He knows right where you're at, whether you're rejoicing right now or you're in a hard time. He sees us all. This last one says, I am the living one who sees you. I am more fully, gloriously alive than you can ever imagine. Someday you will see me face to face in all of my glory. And you will be awestruck. Now, though you see through glass darkly, your view of me is obstructed. Nonetheless, I see you perfectly clear. Rejoice that the living one who sees you perfectly is the Savior who loves you always. He sees us. He sees this world. He sees the condition that it's in. He's not shaken. He's not worried. He knows what's going on. Um, I just want to encourage everybody to keep your eyes open, um, to look for him, because he's looking at us. He's watching us. Um, I'm going to turn it back over to Brother West. Thank you.